This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. My Mark Twain by William Dean Howells Chapter 7 There is an incident of this time so characteristic of both men that I will yield to the temptation of giving it here. After I had gone to Hartford in response to Clemens' telegram, Matthew Arnold arrived in Boston, and one of my family called on his, to explain why I was not at home, to receive his introduction. I had gone to see Mark Twain. Oh, but he doesn't like that sort of thing, does he? He likes Mr. Clemens very much, my representative answered, and he thinks him one of the greatest men he ever knew. I was still Clemens' guest at Hartford when Arnold came there to lecture, and one night we went to meet him at a reception. While his hand laxly held mine in greeting, I saw his eyes fixed intensely on the other side of the room. Who, who in the world is that? I looked and said, Oh, that is Mark Twain. I do not remember just how their instant encounter was contrived by Arnold's wish, but I have the impression that they were not parted for long during the evening, and the next night Arnold, as if still under the glamour of that potent presence, was at Clemens' house. I cannot say how they got on, or what they made of each other. If Clemens ever spoke of Arnold, I do not recall what he said, but Arnold had shown a sense of him from which the incredulous sniff of the polite world, now so universally exploded, had already perished. It might well have done so, with his first dramatic vision of that prodigious head. Clemens was then hard upon fifty, and he had kept, as he did to the end, the slender figure of his youth. But the ashes of the burnt-out years were beginning to gray the fires of that splendid shock of red hair, which he held to the height of a stature apparently greater than it was, and tilted from side to side in his undulating walk. He glimmered at you from the narrow slits of fine blue-greenish eyes, under branching brows, which with age grew more and more like a sort of plumage, and he was apt to smile into your face with a subtle but amiable perception, and yet with a sort of remote absence. You were all there for him, but he was not all there for you. End of chapter 7 Read by Dennis Sayers in Modesto, California for LibriVox, Fall 2006.